guys. <laughs> Welcome back to Grace Podcast. Um, today we are going to talk about emotional intelligence and emotional resilience. Okay. So in order to truly master emotional intelligence, you must be able to identify your emotions. And your emotions are not all the, they're not going to fit the social expectations of what someone should feel at that time. So for example, let's say if, you know, you lose a job or you quit your job or whatever, society would expect you to feel sad, burdened, um, depressed, maybe even worried, right? But with your emotional intelligence, with your emotional compass, you would know that if those feelings are correct or not. So for example, let's say if it was a really toxic work environment and your spirit kept pulling you to leave or if they kept trying to overburden you with with assignments and tasks that made you so overwhelmed, you leaving that job would not make you feel sad per se. If anything, you'd probably feel relieved, relaxed, uh, recuperated. Um, you know, like it, it's not always going to be what people expect due to the situation and due to the severity of the situation. That is why it is important for you to really get to know yourself and get to know what, how you express certain emotions so that when they come up, you can recognize it like, oh, hmm, I feel angry or hmm, I'm frustrated or hmm, I'm, I'm disappointed or I'm sad or I'm worried or I'm burdened, right? Or I'm overwhelmed. It's very important to get to know your body. And usually the body uh, presumes these physiological symptoms that are psychosomatic. They are based off of how you perceive the situation in your mind. And if your mind feels like, you know, if your mind perceives the situation to be an eminent danger, you are going to go through fight, flight, or fawn. Right. And this isn't any circumstance like it could be from the simplest things to the most extreme things. If your mind perceives that you are at a threat for anything, whether that be physical danger, emotional danger, spiritual danger, uh, mental, any of any of those types of uh, incoming stimulus, your mind can begin to almost play tricks on you and put you at a state where you need to decide what we're going to do next. And the body immediately starts to respond to this feeling of danger by creating an elevated heart rate, um, you know, more shorter breaths, right? Um, you start to feel like nervous, maybe even your, 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 cause your nervous system is, is being overwhelmed. It's being attacked almost by this mental stimulation saying, Hey, there's danger. 
However, you as the human must be able to control your mind to regain control of your body. And these things can happen so quick that you need to train yourself to do so. So for example, let's say if you really hoped for something and and it didn't go the way that you wanted and you know, maybe you start to immediately feel frustrated, right? But really, when you look deeper into that emotion, it's sadness. It's, I set an expectation and it, and it didn't happen. So I feel, I feel like shit, or I feel like I overreached, or I feel like I expected too much. I feel like I created this expectation and I let myself down, right? That is... That is how it sounds when you are going through your emotional compass with yourself. That is true emotional intelligence, okay? And it's very important that you build this emotional intelligence because there are going to be a variety of circumstances where you are going to need to be emotionally resilient, to be emotionally stable um, in all kinds, whether that be work, whether that be in school, whether that be in love, uh, whether that be familial, you'll need to be able to balance out your emotions. You'll need to be able to take a breath and really regain consciousness of the situation. And again, reminding yourself that you are not in any immediate danger so that you don't respond in a fly-off-the-handle type of way. Um, and I know this because that that's my usual response. Like, before I, I, I did, before I got my PhD in emotional intelligence, <laughs> emotional reactions, my emotional reactions would be through this roof. Like, I'm a very passionate person. Um, you know, we always talk about astrology on here. My entire chart is damn near fixed fire energy. So when things happen, I immediately go into that state of fight, flight, or fawn. And immediately my body starts to give me symptoms where I feel like I need to respond. I need to release this. I need to attack. I need to defend when in all actuality, I don't. I don't. Now, granted, if it's a bitch in my face and she wants to fight or she wants to argue, now that is free reigns for me. And now I'm going to unleash all my fucking burdens, problems, stressors, everything onto you. I'm going to beat your fucking ass. Like, (laughs) that's different. But when there is no immediate danger to your body, that is when that is when you can really get to the nitty-gritty of you know what's going on inside of you um and that brings me to this next part which is emotional openness As someone who my initial response, again, is to fight you and then put up a guard, 
it was really important for me to be emotionally open. And first, I had to learn how to be emotionally open with myself. I needed to learn how to relate my emotions to myself. Because if I can't tell myself how I feel, how the fuck I'm going to tell you how I feel? How? If I don't identify the emotions that are running through my body, that are running through my mind, that I feel so deeply, how can I tell you? How can I communicate? Again, the emotional compass is super valuable in helping you to stay stay positive, but also to stay in control of yourself. So for example, there's been times where I've had situations at work where my immediate response was to snap. And granted, sometimes sometimes if, if I'm not on point, like if you catch me slipping, which is very rare now because now I'm always on guard, protecting myself and protecting my energy. But if you catch me slipping, I can snap. I can go the fuck off. And the thing is, is that after I go the fuck off, I start to feel like, fuck, I let this person win. I let this person get control of me. I let this person manipulate my emotions. And now I just feel powerless. You retain your power in situations by staying calm, by staying cool, and by being able to pull back, being able to withdraw yourself. When you can't withdraw yourself from any incoming stimuli that is overwhelming to the nervous system, and again, that can be anything, you lose control. You lose control, but also you you lose your power. Your power is the ability to feel fulfilled and satisfied after the interaction, after your response, right? So it's super important, again, for you to be emotionally open with yourself and to feel comfortable discussing those emotions that may, you know, maybe you're not familiar with in your childhood, you know? Saying that I feel disappointed is not something that I'm familiar with saying in my childhood because I would just equate it to being sad. But it's it's more than just sadness. It's actually why I'm sad. It's a letdown, right? Um, that brings me into the next part, which is emotional guardedness. Now, my first thing to do, especially now that I am actively... Um, trying to maintain my PhD (laughs) in emotional intelligence is immediately guarding myself. Now, the thing is, is that that is a defense mechanism, but it's a learned defense mechanism that comes from growth. So again, remember, I used to respond to situations as a hothead, which is, again, my my natural tendency to be a hothead, to to go directly at the the source of conflict, not to run away, to go directly at it. However, being emotionally guarded allowed me to take a minute to really get myself situated and then determine if I was mentally prepared to deal with this conflict at hand. So by 
saying, whoa, this is crazy. This is overwhelming. This is surprising. This is shocking. This is stupid. But like whatever my initial response is to the situation, now I know to put my guard up and withdraw. And that helps me to get my emotions together. That gives me the time to go through my emotional compass. And the thing is, is that other people may not be on that type of wavelength with you, but you have to put yourself first. So whether that be you as a parent, you in a marriage, you in any kind of work dealings, you need to be able to excuse yourself to go through your emotional compass. take a quick break and I'll be right back with the rest of this podcast. Um, The next thing after taking that moment to really assess how you feel about a matter or about a regard, um, the next thing is to be able to communicate your emotions. Right. And again, this is something that we may not be familiar with, especially us black folks who life was always like, what emotions? (laughs) Right. Like there was never really a safe space for you to express how you feel, because either you'd get told to shut up or you get your ass beat or you'd be ignored and just, you know, neglected. So. It's really important as an adult who is working on healing your inner child that you see your inner child, that you see that little baby version of you who didn't get the love, acceptance, and acknowledgement that you needed as a child, right? Because we can't go back. That's, That's impossible. Even with things like astral projecting, time traveling, and things like that, You cannot just erase what happened. You cannot erase the foundation of to how or to which your emotional understanding was built, right? So like, let's say if, you know, if your mother gaslit you and said like, hey, you know how you feeling is crazy and you're crazy and everything just doesn't make sense. Like that's that has now been installed in you. So now as an adult, you will second guess your feelings. You will second guess your thoughts. You will not be so confident in how you feel, or you will not be confident in expressing how you feel to others because you feel like people will not understand you. Um, Let's say per se, if your father was always busy with work and didn't have time to attend to you, right? So if you would say, hey dad, I feel X, Y, and Z, He'd just be like, oh, yeah, sure. And then just go about his business, right? That is emotional neglect. That is neglect. That is emotional absence. And that can make you feel like you want to be emotionally absent to yourself, too. That will make you feel like even if there is a circumstance that is truly bothering you, because you've been taught to ignore how you feel um, due to these parental 
outliers almost, you will start to treat yourself like that. And again, these are all things that are toxic, not because the people are bad, but because it's still affecting you even in your adulthood. Like that is, that's the problem. It's not that we were raised fucked up. Because if you think about it, everybody was raised fucked up. That was actually one of the ways that I was able to forgive my parents. Because as getting to know them as adults, you know, as as just brothers and sisters in Christ, and listening to their stories, their traumas, their 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 experiences, you're like, damn, like I I understand now. I, I see. I sympathize with you. I empathize with you. I get it. I get why, you know you were this way and why you treated me this way and I get it, right? But it's up to you now to heal that. It's up to you now to stop it because you know that it's wrong. And you've known that it was wrong so much that you had to do the research about it, right? So now it's up to you to change things, to break generational curses, especially in regards to feeling. Now, if love is everything, right? If love is the highest emotion in the world, then that means that our feelings are extremely important because it is our feelings that carry this energy of love throughout the world, throughout our interpersonal experiences with others. So if we are not acknowledging our feelings or not communicating our feelings, then we are blocking love. That's a problem. That's what we need to address. So let's continue to do so. You must also understand that life is unpredictable, right? There's no sure, tried and true way for anything, right? There's no 100% guarantee for anything, like at the last minute, anything can change. And if you're the type of person who who lives through emotional chaos, right? Like you need something crazy to happen to feel alive. You need drama. You need intensity. You need, you need uh, to be attacked or to feel like you need to protect yourself. If you live on that one, you put yourself at risk for a lot of health issues, especially a lot of heart issues because it's chaotic in there. The soul is truly not at rest. Why? Because there is presence of depression. That's your real problem. Your real problem is that you're depressed and you're so depressed that you just need chaos to feel alive because your soul has now disconnected from yourself, putting you at a deep rest to where the human body is on autopilot, just functioning based off some animalistic type shit. That's a lot of us. A lot of us are functioning on autopilot. A lot of us are functioning as these these human meat suit robots that just do what is expected. Drama coming towards you, fight. Argument coming towards you, argue. Uh, Pain coming towards you, feel sad. Feel like shit. Um, Things not going your way, 
throw a tantrum. Like that's so, that's so stereotypical, but it's because we're on autopilot. It's because we are not attuning to our emotions. That's a problem. Life is unpredictable. Therefore, you must be predictable. So when things come your way, you need to have a routine. You need to have an order for how you will address these in these incoming uh, daggers, these incoming changes, these, these incoming circumstances. You must be able to have an emotional process for every single conflict because they're gonna come. Life is filled with changes. That's actually just how the world works. My life changes, so I change your life. Your your life changes now, so now you go and change someone else's life. And I don't mean this in these big major ways. I mean even something as simple as emotions, the way that emotions are contagious. If I had a fucked up day and I'm feeling overwhelmed, some way, shape, or form, subconsciously, I'm probably going to want to make you feel the same way. So I'm going to do something to you, or I'm going to say something to you. I'm going to do something to affect you, to make you feel as fucked up as I feel. That's what we do when we, when we are running on autopilot. So not everybody got, everybody got emotional COVID now. Because none of us are really going to take a minute to look within and say, whoa, 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 I'm fucked up. I'm feeling fucked up. I need help. I need to see a doctor. I need to assess what is going on first before I go out there and spread this bullshit to everybody else. But again, that is a part of the emotional compass, which you must make your way through when being attacked or when coming into awareness of a situation or circumstance that has now changed. Emotions are fluid, right? So let's say if at first, at first, maybe a situation happens and maybe immediately you feel pissed, right? But within a couple of minutes, you will be able to forget about it and move on. You know, whatever you pay your attention to is whatever grows and whatever increases. So if you pay it, if you continue to focus on a situation that is not going in your favor, that can really change your outlook on everything. Because you'll, you'll just feed into this monster that things are not going your way. But if you learn to remove your attention from that, right? You just take your attention away from that shit and just ignore it. Or if not, ignore it, acknowledge it, and then put it to the side until maybe later or just until never. Who knows? If you're able to do that, you will be able to attune to life's up and ups and downs. Because now you are riding the wave. You are releasing emotional baggage. When you hold on to every single transgression or every single debt or every single time that somebody does something to you, when you hold on to that, those grudges, those, that, that willingness to want to seek vengeance, you are carrying emotional baggage with you. And that makes you now sink to the ground when these changes in life come. 
You cannot ride the wave of life with 10 bags of garbage on your surfboard. You need to be light. You need to be flexible. You need to be agile. But if you have all this emotional baggage, all these emotional circumstances, especially from the past that you are holding on to, every single time some shit happens, you're going to fall to the ground. You must be emotionally stable. And to be emotionally stable, you must be able to let go of the emotional baggage. Those things don't matter. They don't matter. Holding on to a grudge with your ex doesn't matter. You know why? Because that same spirit is going to come back to you in another person to test if you're ready to get something better. But you're going to be so stuck on what your ex did that now when the universe, when God brings you this brand new gift, you're going to treat that gift like shit because you're so busy. Your, your hands are so filled with old baggage that you can't even acknowledge this new gift. You don't even have space to process this new gift. You don't even have space to hold this new gift now. Like, we do that all too often, and that's, that's fucked up. All right. So, we touched on emotional stability. Okay, next. So, we all are familiar with the statement, right? Life gives lemons. Make lemonade. For me, when, when I'm hurt, I need, to, I need to create. When I'm in my feelings, I need to create. So when I'm feeling the extremities of emotions, whether that be happiness or sadness, I need to create. I need some type of outlet. Um, I turn my pain into profit. That's one of the ways that I transmute my energy. That's one of the ways that I really truly get into my divine alchemy my divine alchemist tendencies to change shit to shinola like and you can do that by shifting your mindset right so instead of being disappointed by situations extract what was good right extract what was good from the situations disregard everything else discard everything else because everything else doesn't matter. That's how you learn to use the alchemy. Um, learning to to gain benefits from a place of desolate, desolence, from a place that had nothing, from a place that was dead. Finding that one little grass leaf in the desert should give you enough hope enough faith to continue on, to make something better. It should be enough to prove to you that there is still life out there. All right, and then this is a big one. Emotional growth. A test will come to pull your whole card when you say that you've healed. Right? So let's say you've been working on your healing journey. You're acknowledging your pain. You know, you're really doing your inner child meditations. You're doing your, your self-care. Like you're really on point. You're eating healthy. You know, you, you, you back. You in the gym. Like you back. You know, you got your shit back again. 
Life is going to throw you a curveball. Boom. And you have to be ready, willing, and able to immediately jump into your emotional compass and deal with this situation and prove your emotional gangsterness <laughs> by using emotional intelligence to address the matter. Because how you react during and after this incoming stimuli will show if you've grown or not. And if you have not grown, you will see. Because again, you will, you will be fixated on what happened. You'd be, you'd continue to feel disappointment. You'd continue to feel sadness. You'd continue to feel anger. But when in actuality, as someone who has grown, you would maybe feel that way for 30 seconds, a minute. Allow it. I'm not saying don't allow it. Allow it. Those feelings are normal. Allow it. However, with your emotional compass, you would know, okay, it's time to move. Yes, we felt the sadness for four minutes. Okay, we need to move. We need to go back into homeostasis. We need to go back to that tranquility type of feeling where things are okay, things are balanced at least. We need to go back to neutral. Once you're back to neutral, right? And this is usually after you've withdrew from the situation or you've taken a step back to reassess the situation. Once you're back at neutral, then that is when the mind can be clear enough to process what's next. But when these tests come, you're not, you're not going to know. You're going to have no idea. The test is going to come out of nowhere. It could be a bill out of nowhere, and maybe you don't have the funds. It could be a letdown out of nowhere, and maybe you really had expectations of something working out. It could be anything, but it doesn't matter. You still need to go through the emotional compass to make sure that you have officially healed your emotional trauma, that you can now respond to situations, people, places, and things in a way that is not coming from old baggage or old past issues or things that are unhealed or pain that is unrelated to the situation, which usually it's not related. Usually when people do something to you that makes you feel like shit, like I said, it's emotional COVID. It's just like, well, things are not going right in my life. So now I'm feeling disappointed. So now I'm going to disappoint you too. And again, this is not always conscious. Sometimes this is all subconscious. This is all just roaming around in those dark crevices of our, uh, crevices of our psyche. It's not always in the consciousness. Now, granted, there are some sociopaths, psychopaths who are aware that they're feeling like this and are aware that they're trying to make somebody else feel like this, but I digress. Okay. Um, I want to close this out with ways to control those physiological symptoms, ways to control those psychosomatic symptoms when you feel you know, that your fight, flight, or fawn response has now been activated by the brain due to this incoming um, change, this incoming stimulus. 
So the first thing you need to do is take a moment to relax, immediately withdraw from the situation, immediately. Because you are going to respond from a place of emotion, but sometimes it may not be the most positive emotion. It may not be, it may be a trigger emotion, which are very dangerous. It's very dangerous to respond from your trigger emotions unless it is happiness, joy, glee, bliss. If it's not those emotions, I would be very careful to respond from any other emotion because usually it makes us do things that are either out of character or things that we're going to have to answer for later. And I don't know about you, but I don't like nobody checking me. So I don't like to be emotionally reckless. So you take a moment. You take a moment. You go get some water. You slowly drink this water sip by sip. And with each sip, you begin to relax. You begin to feel your heart rate decrease. You begin to now tell your mind deep, breathe a little bit deeper every sip. Right? Now you're starting to regulate your system. You're regulating the nervous system now. You're calming down. You're relaxing. Right? Um, Again, drinking water. A nice cup of ice cold water will help when you feel overwhelmed. Um, Breathing exercises. Taking a minute to just do some deep breathing. You know, in, in 10 through the nose, out 10 through back through the nose. I wouldn't even say through the mouth because sometimes that could just go too fast. Lots of nose breathing in and out, deep nose breathing. If you can't, then continue to do it until you get it right. That is going to give you the time to allow your nervous system to regulate. Um, going to go do something, going to go take a walk, move the body, move the body, transmuting that energy through physical movement. So if you feel angry and you don't yet know what to say or you don't want to respond in a way that you'll regret, go move your body. Go to the gym. Go go to the park. Go do something. Um, When you are in the phase of neutrality, right, of neutralness, I'll be making up my own words on this shit, but y'all should be used to that. When you're in a phase of feeling neutral, right, of feeling back calm, I'd say to go to water. Go to the water, whether that be an ocean, whether that be a beach, whether that be um, a pond, a lake, a a waterfall, a forest, whatever. Go to the water. Now, I don't know if it's because I'm a water spirit, so I always try to promote and I'm always hyping up water, but water is so healing. The movement of water should remind you of how we are supposed to flow naturally through life. Right? Like, think about when water gets stuck at a bank and it, and it overfills and now it's just this rush of water and now it could be even dangerous with all that pressure. That is exactly how our emotions work. Our emotions are water. They're fluid. They're ever moving, ever changing. But they can also be very calming, very relaxed. It just depends on the amount of pressure we are feeling. Go to the water. 
Watch the water flow. Watch it flow back and forth. You want to skip rocks in the water because you need to move? You can do that too. Whatever you need to do. All right? Um, again, taking taking a walk. If you're the type of person that you drive all the time, y'all, people who drive all the time probably got the most fucked up emotions. And I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want to say it like in a bad way, but... It's just because you're so used to getting in your car and the car to me can symbolize an emotional wrecking ball, which is why a lot of people unfortunately get into car accidents, get into uh, dire situations within the car because the car can be a wrecking ball. Why? Because depending on the force of your anger, you can really take it out, right? That horsepower, you can really take it out on the car's engine and push the car to its max. So I wouldn't recommend all the time taking a drive unless, like like I said, you're in that neutral state and your your mind is clear and the driving is just going to help you take, you take your focus off the matter for a while. But when situations happen, I would never recommend to immediately go and operate a car. That could be very dangerous because you're going to, again, you're feeling pushed to your limits. You're going to naturally want to push the car to its limits as well. And that can be dangerous for all people involved and sometimes even people who are not. Right. So let's be very careful with that. Um, But just also because you don't really get to move your body around when you're always driving around. And that could be very unhealthy. A lot of your emotions now are just sitting in your stomach. Or sometimes they don't even make it down there. Sometimes they're just sitting in your chest. Because you're not you're not really standing up. You're not really moving your body. So sometimes your emotions can just get stuck in the heart chakra. And like I said, that can give you heart disease, cholesterol problems, gout. All kinds of fucked up problems can happen when emotions are just trapped in the body. So go move, go exercise, go do something, okay? So that has been our episode today on emotional intelligence and emotional resilience. As usual, I love you all and up until next time. Take care.